Welcome, welcome all to the Pro Football Radio Podcast. This is your call, Jay Chima, with the pride and joy of Merrimack, New Hampshire, the Puma. Welcome in, brother man. Podcast 133, the last of this year. We're ready for the new year. How was your Christmas? How you feeling, brother? Christmas was good. Uh, Santa Claus was good. I, I heard Santa, you know, called in an audible and got some help from you. Uh, so that was... That was good. I, I the, the watch is fantastic, uh, so I, I loved it. But no, Christmas is great. Family's good. Everyone loved their gifts. And uh, ready to do a chat. You know, we're on the home stretch, Jay. The regular season is just about to be done, oh, and there's so man. much on the line this Don't week. Remind me, dog. We're getting close to the end. What are we going to do in the off season? I bitch about this all the time, but I really don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to find something else to do, man. I mean, you can watch soccer. I'd rather not. How about that, huh? Ah! I'd rather not have eyes because I ain't no communist. All right. Wow. <laughs> okay. All right, Puma, let's start with the uh, the first game near and dear to both of our hearts. The 8-7 and seven Miami Dolphins are going to take on the 7-8 and eight New England Patriots for some... I mean, all of a sudden, this game has a lot of meaning, um, especially the biggest injury, the biggest story out of this uh Game being Teddy, uh, I'm sorry, Tua is injured and won't be. I'm sorry, is he playing or not playing? It's still uh, up in the air depending on how he's going to look at the end of the year. Yeah, he's still in the concussion protocol, the last I saw. So, for those of you that didn't know, uh, Tua played the entire game uh, against the Green Bay Packers last week on, uh, on Christmas Day, I guess I should say. Um, and, you know, for the first half, he looked good. But at one point during the game, you know, he did a little dump off to uh, Smythe, the uh, the other tight end on the roster. And on the way down, when he got tackled after the pass, uh, he pretty much bounced his head off the turf. And, you know, nobody, no spotter saw this or anything. But after the game, uh, he it was announced he went into concussion protocol. And, you know, that might explain the Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde approach to how that Dolphins-Packers game went after halftime but as of right now he's in concussion protocol if he misses uh your next man up at quarterback more than likely is going to be teddy bridgewater uh with uh the backup role going to be skylar thompson but we we just haven't heard anything yet of whether or not he cleared the protocol or not uh the line in this game is kind of acting like teddy bridgewater is going to play and new england is favored by two and a half points at home um i'm hopeful two is going to play but if two it doesn't like at least I know like Bridgewater is going to protect the ball and not put it in dicey situations and turn it over. Um, but that's kind of my read on the Tua situation right now. Yeah. And uh, I was leaning towards taking the Patriots um, even before we heard of this uh, news yesterday in regards to Tua's concussion. You know, what I've seen out of the, the Miami Dolphins offense it seems like they're hell bent, and now I guess it's more we get more clarity on the Tua situation, especially with his interceptions, because that makes a lot more sense. Because we all watched that game against the Packers and thought to ourselves, "What is he looking at? Like, why is he throwing, you know, interceptions to you know uh, linebackers that are basically throwing right to him like the receivers?" Like, I just didn't understand what he was looking at, and because of all of that, I was leaning towards taking the Patriots. And obviously, once the news came out yesterday. I fully felt good that the Patriots are going to win this game. I just, I, I really don't think Terry Bridgewater has the capabilities to run this offense the way it's supposed to be run. Um, we saw him play early in the year, and it really just didn't look the, the best. Um, so I, I'm feeling good about this, even though my Patriots are very erratic. Um, you know, we talk about this on a weekly basis. There's nothing new here. Another week, another inconsistent, erratic offensive performance by the Patriots and Mac Jones. Um, you know, 
the, the Bengals game was kind of interesting because the Patriots came out and laid an egg for the whole first half. It was 22-0. Looks like Joe, you know, Joe Burrow was going to do whatever he wanted. And it, was, it wasn't until that pick six that really got, this, uh, got the Patriots back into it. Um, more than anything, it was, it was the Bengals kind of crapping down their legs. So, you know, the offense, it, it still isn't getting any better. You know, it's week 17 now, and it's not going to get better. It is what it is, right? <laughs> uh, we technically only scored six points uh, on um, on on Sunday, uh, if you take away the, uh, the pick six from Marcus Jones and the Hail Mary that got batted into Jacoby Myers' hands. So, I, I, I don't understand how it's this bad. Uh, and the defense itself got carved up as well, so that was a little bit alarming. But but I do think the Pats are going to pull this out. Uh, mostly because the Miami Dolphins like are like hell-bent on showing off this offense. Like they're, they're Sometimes they're so stupid with how they, they want to like constantly throw the ball downfield instead of just running the ball, taking the easy yardage. Yeah, exactly. And I, I've been bashing my head against the wall, specifically like the Chargers game. But... Uh, you know, where they, they they just didn't seem to take what the defense was giving them or just attack the weakness of a defense as, in itself. But I feel like if the Dolphins are going to win this game, they, you know, they are near the bottom third in the league, uh, you know, defensive, you know, generating turnovers. And, and, you know, yeah, Mac Jones has eight interceptions on the season right now. But normally, I guess you could say air quote, normally he's pretty protective of the football. Um, so I don't think... They're going to get any turnovers off of Mac Jones. So the, the only way they're going to win, is, you know, in my opinion, this game, especially if uh, Teddy Bridgewater is playing, is they generate pressure on this offensive line, which can be manhandled from time to time. Like, you know, Bradley Chubb is going to have to have a day. Uh, you know, Phillips is going to have to have a day. Christian Wilkins is going to have to be a, 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 wrecking, a wrecking ball on that defensive line. Uh, so they're going to have to take advantage and, you know, short fields, you know, Get the uh, get them on you know third and long, not have them punt, get a get a good advantage for you know Teddy Bridgewater in this offense. I mean, I think that's the only way they're going to win on the road against the Pats. And I mean, at this point, Jay, like they're on, they, they've lost like four weeks in a row. Like they have to win this game, especially with you know the Jets are still alive and you know the Pats are technically still alive for a playoff spot. Like the Dolphins have to right the ship this week. There is no excuses. It's all hands on deck at this point. And uh, I, I'm going to be the psycho that has the Dolphins winning on the road this year and getting the sweep against the Patriots. It's going to be an ugly game. Um, it's probably going to come down to a field goal. So if you're if you're liking if you're like me, and you want to bet this game. Like I'm probably going to wait to see if the line goes up to three. Then at least I get a push type of deal. But uh, you know, I'm I'm leaning towards the Dolphins in this matchup. Now, what do you think is uh, one of the main reasons why you guys have lost four in a row? Now, obviously, each individual game in itself can be, you know, written off as it was a Chargers game where they didn't, you know, run the ball enough, or it was the Bills up in Buffalo and we hung tough. But is there is there some concern with you and the Miami Dolphins fans that this thing is coming unglued a little bit? And what are your playoff scenarios going forward? I know for us, the Patriots-wise, we've got to win both against the, the Dolphins and the Bills. And if that's the case, we might as well have Mars and the Sun aligned as well to get in. But how? Mm. what's the scenarios for you guys to get in? Uh, we have to win. I think we have to win, like, this game. <laughs> and, the, and the Jets have to lose. Because, you know, our last game of the season is Week 18 against the New York Jets. So, like, 
And right now the Jets have a tiebreaker over us. So like we have to win. The Jets have to lose this week. Like that is this pretty black and white here. Uh, the Jets are playing the Seahawks on the road uh, against Seattle this week. And it's going to be the Mike White show. Whether or not, you know, Mike White's going to resurrect this team, that remains to be seen. I think it's going to be an interesting game up in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, but I'm hopeful the 12s will will that Seahawks defense into, like, having a pulse to keep the game interesting. And hopefully Seattle pulls off the win and Miami handles their business in Foxborough. But that's really the, the playoff scenarios for right now. Okay. All right. That makes sense. Um, all right. Let's, uh, let's move on to the 6-9 Carolina Panthers. Taking on the seven and eight Tampa Bay Buccaneers in a winner take all scenario, basically. Whoever wins this game is most likely gonna win the division, which is shocking, and make the and host a home playoff game and probably get demolished off the field against the, the Dallas Cowboys. But I mean this this Buccaneers team Puma, like I, I oh my god, it's so bad. Just like the Patriots, it, like it's just so damn bad. Like I'm watching this game with uh, with my sister on Sunday night against the Cardinals when Trace McSorley at some points was almost carving this defense up, which was shocking. Um, but, they're, they're, I mean, top to bottom, Puma, this team is bad. Like, I, I can't point to one thing about the Buccaneers that is a positive. The coaching sucks. The defense, at times, has looked almost, ho- like, horrid. The rushing attack is, like, historically bad. We're talking, like, last in the NFL. Brady is so quick to get the ball out because he doesn't trust his offensive line, and the offensive line doesn't trust him. So, like, the, the symbiotic relation between the offensive line and the quarterback is all messed up. The wide receiver is Chris Godwin, I still think, is hurt, and Julio Jones can't run anymore. And for some reason, him and Mike Evans aren't on the, on the same page. I just don't understand what's happening. I think there's more mm-hmm. to this season, and once it's, all, once it's all done, once all the stories come out, you know, there'll be more to the story about the 2022 Buccaneers and what we're seeing on the field. And I think it's it's just a lack of focus. I really believe that. I think Brady's not in it. His heart is not in it. And I think the, the Buccaneers themselves aren't good enough to overcome a, you know, Brady's not heart not being in it. Right. And, I mean, I'm point, just going to say. At this point, truthfully, Puma, I kind of want to see Carolina win. Like, I really do. Like, I, I'm kind of there, too. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like, let's have all the chaos. Yeah. Jay, our first episode of the season, we said, like, if, any, if you were going to bet a futures like win total like over under hammer the buccaneers under 11 wins like and they're at seven right now like they're not getting to 11 wins this season so that was almost like a you know pass go and get 200 dollars on monopoly but you know to go back to the cardinals game real quick i definitely did not have trace mcsorley uh kind of outperforming tom brady at times in that uh, in that football game last trace week McSorley's just- parents didn't have him out doing tom brady as well like it was just god awful. Like that, 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 there's just there's no heart in that in that team. Like there's nothing. I don't even think like the one just shining. Like you, you were looking for like one positive takeaway from the team. I don't even think like Ryan suck up this season has been like a positive takeaway for this team. But you know somebody has to win this division. Well, and on. quite fr- quite Be- frankly, Jay, why not the Panthers? Let me ask you a question. What do you think it is? Do you? And this is where I'm coming from. I think that. Todd Bowles seriously lacks leadership skills. I think that locker room misses BAs. As much as we hated it, we we did understand that BA was the bad guy in the locker room, and he'll call out anybody and everybody. And I think there's something seriously, seriously lacking in that locker room now with BA not being in there. Like the old example I gave in the beginning of the year, and I think it's more true now than ever, 
is that you know your geography teacher isn't there, but the substitute is basically a rollover, and you can do whatever the hell you want to do the whole period of class, right? And I feel like that's mm-hmm. what Todd Bowles is. Like, do, is there anything else that you can think of, or do you agree with me? Like, what do you, what's your take on how and why this is so bad for the Buccaneers this year? Besides the running attack no. being being just horrid. I mean, that that's the underlying factor of all this, right? Right. I mean, I think I think it's spot on. I mean, this is you know we you know we know what Todd Bowles was as a head coach of the New York Jets and yeah okay like he had like a flash in the pan with Ryan Fitzpatrick but I mean that was it like there was nothing else to take away from his tenure in the Big Apple when he coached the New York uh the New York Jets and you know Jay like there's a saying like sow the wind weep the whirlwind like you know there were rumblings that Tom didn't want BA there anymore and this is kind of what happens like okay well, like, do you, you, do you buy that? So. Do you buy that now after seeing how hard it is? Like he 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 probably understood that Tobbles doesn't have the leadership skills to to basically grab the locker room by the balls. Do you think he he really wanted that BAB gone and Todd Bowles replacing him? I mean, they, there were times last season where they did not look happy at all. They weren't on the same page, and I don't really think it was like a coincidence. Like, hey, like. Bruce Arians is no longer the head coach and, oh, I'm just going to unretire and get all of my, you know, get the band back together and we're going to work the salary cap type of deal. Like, I don't think that was an accident. Like, there there was, more than likely, there was some rumblings behind the scenes and disagreements behind the scenes of Bruce Arians and his personality going, going up against Tom. I mean, if you think of it this way, like, if Bruce Arians is willing to call out anybody and everybody... In theory, that would put Tom Brady in the crosshairs, right? And I'm not saying Tom isn't the good soldier, but, like, you just left Bill Belichick in New England to come down to to South Florida, and you're basically getting the same thing from Bruce Arians, and you're the greatest of all time. Like, maybe some ego factored into there? I can't say that with confidence, but, you know, just circumstantial evidence? Like, I think that there is means, motive, and opportunity to make that switch happen of, hey, if Bruce isn't there anymore, sure, I'll come back and do one more rodeo with the Buccaneers to get the band back together. Yeah, I mean, I just um, I just don't get it. I don't understand how this is so, so bad. Like, I mean, it's one thing to, because this is the way I see it. The running the ball is simply a byproduct of how aggressive and what your adi- what the linemen's attitudes are. Like you can, I always say you can be a good rebounder because you always got to hustle, right? And it's the same thing with running attack. Like, yes, I get it schematically, you'll be right. But a lot of times you just got to be nastier than the other folks on the other side to get the running attack going. And when I saw Leonard Fournette hit the wall three times trying to get a yard and turn the ball over, you remember that series of, of plays mm-hmm. where it's third and one, second and one, fourth and one, and you couldn't get a yard? And, like, the offensive linemen are getting blown off the ball by J.J. Watt. Old-ass J.J. Watt is pushing around this offensive line. Like, at that point, I was just like, just pack it in. Just pack the season in. Like, I looked at my sister, and I'm like, yeah, I, Brady should, like, I mean, I get it. Brady hasn't played well, but he doesn't deserve this. Like, this is, this is like, all-time bad. And Leonard Fournette, let's be real. Let's call it what it is. Him being out of shape, coming into camp, I think negatively put this running game behind the eight ball from the beginning. This is true. Simply put, like everybody forgets about forgets about that, and everybody's like, "Oh, he dropped weight and he's fine now," but he being so out of shape has put this running attack way behind the eight ball, and they never recovered from it. They never recovered from it. Yeah, that. uh, (laughs) I can't wait for the thirty for thirty on this season. It's going to be fantastic, but. uh, 
I mean, Jay, like the Panther side of things, like who had or, them competing about, for the NFC about, South about, right how now? Too hot, Buta, right now. <laughs> too hot, Buta is probably is uh, definitely feeling himself at this point. I mean, they've had like four different quarterbacks in there. Devo- you know, Deontay Foreman is the leading rusher with 811 rushing yards right now on the season after, you know, they shipped off Christian McCaffrey to the 49ers. And yet, by hook or by crook, they're in contention for the NFC South title, you know, winner take all. And, uh, it, I, Jay, it's going to come down to whether or not Sam Darnold can actually protect the football and not put the football in harm's way. Because, like, the, the Panthers' defense, yeah, like, it's it's nothing to write home about. They have a young core that's definitely going to be something to watch. Uh, you know, in the next couple of seasons. But, I mean, they're frisky. Like, J.C. Horn is going to be one of the best cornerbacks in the league, in my opinion, in the next couple of seasons. But, I mean, they're going to have to attempt to subdue a Tom Brady trying to win the division type of deal. I mean, the the books right now, the line is set at, you know, Buccaneers minus three uh, at even money. So, like, a lot of money right now seems to be coming in on the Panthers at plus three. That's juiced to minus 120 at this point. Um, I'm lean, dude, I'm, I'm leaning towards the Panthers. I think with how bad the season is gone, I think that the cherry on top and Tom Brady's mind would be like losing this game. Uh, so give me the Panthers to win, uh, probably going to be by a field goal. Just looking at how last week went against the Arizona Cardinals. Like give me the Panthers to win, you know, 17, you know, 20 to 17 type of deal. I'm going to have a little bit of a cop out here. Obviously, my heart will like not let me go against Tom Brady, but my head tells me, there man, my head tells me the Panthers are a better football team. Puma. Like, I know it's sad to say, but the, the Panthers are a better football team right now, and that's shocking to say. Now, the question I have, Puma, is obviously you've seen the disparity in running the regular offense for the Buccaneers and then running the no huddle. It's night and day when it comes to it. I mean, a lot of it comes down to the fact that Tom Brady himself is calling the plays on the spot in the two-minute mm-hmm. huddle, in the hurry-up offense, and Brian Leftwich is left to the sidelines. Just how much hurry-up offense can you run before you wear out your offense? Because at the end of the day, people people always say, well, just run the hurry-up all day. I mean, that's not how it works. You're going to wear out your, your linemen. You're going to wear out your running backs. By the time you get to the fourth quarter, you're going to have no gas, and the game will be over at that point. So, Why not? The Bills did it well for four years with Jim Kelly, pretty much. So, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Tell the guys to do conditioning more in the offseason. But, like, it can't be well, done. Puma, like, they have the Len- Buffalo Bills they have did Len- that. Dude, Leonard Fournette's going to have a heart attack. All right, Puma? Like, you can't you can't run the hurry up with Leonard Fournette's fat ass, all right? Well, I guess you put, I guess you put you know, you, you put White back there. He seems spry. Yeah, he does. You're right. You're right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't, you know, I get it. Like, Leonard Fournette is the thumper. But, like, at some point, you're going to have to go with who the hotter hand is. Is Leonard Fournette the hot hand right now? No. Because anyone that says, yes, I'm going to say, you need a mental health exam. Yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, it's not even just that. Like, the 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 wide receivers will get worn out in, like, the second quarter, bro. Like, it would be it'd be game over at that point. But, like, oh. I, I mean, I get it. Like, listen, at the end of the day, like, it's it's night and day. Like, Tom Brady literally looks, like, washed up and old and then turns into Tom Brady the second they run the hurry up. Yeah, well, I don't know. Maybe the receivers, hey, they do all the workouts on Instagram, right? Maybe they should actually do some high <laughs> knees when the camera's not running. Yeah, I mean, I'm serious. Like Jim Kelly, that whole that whole Bills roster for the most part is in the Hall of Fame because of the K gun and the hurry up offense. It can be done. Okay, all right. All right. Last question before we move off this game. Um, Tom Brady's destination next year. 
thoughts on the where retirement he, home. You think he's definitely retiring? I mean, he's saying like, "Oh, I'm not going to retire. Uh, I'm, I'm still the leader of the doghouse." Of he's going to go to the retirement home and get that fat check from Fox, and, you know, call games and whatnot. But if you held a gun to my head and said, "Oh, what team is he going to play for?" Bleh. Oh, I don't know. Denver? Just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, Jay, like I don't, I don't really know. Like I, I don't I, either. You know, he's I not going either. to the Chargers. Yeah, that Raider thing is starting to get interesting because did you hear what Josh McDaniel said the other day? He said we need to throw. No, what he say? We need, to, we need to throw a ball at a better clip to win these games. He said that like yesterday or whatever it was, and he's right. Derek Carr, for what he's been this year, has been... We got to call it what it is, man. Like, I know people want to go go blame Josh McDaniels because Derek Carr is a sweetheart, but Derek Carr is basically Mascara Mac Jones, all right? Like, the guy the guy simply... <laughs> did you watch that game against the, the Steelers, Puma? It was on a silver yeah. platter for him. It was on a silver platter for him, and that's not the first time he's thrown an exception to end the game where he could have won it, bro. Yep, and I was sweating that out because I had Steelers plus three, so I was like, oh, no. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, I mean, uh, logic, Jay, I feel like if, if he's going to play for another team, it's Raiders or bust because I feel like everywhere else short of the Texans and the Jets and, you know, Washington, what they, they, you know, they hitched their caboose to the Carson Wentz wagon. So like, they can't really get out from under that, you know, Indianapolis, I guess, like those are the only open quarterback spots. But, like, the Raiders would make the most sense. Puma, you, like, know, you know what's a team that nobody is going to say? And even when I say this, at first you're going to be like, no way. But then when you think about it, and let me make my case, it might make some sense. The Seattle Seahawks. And mm. with their young core of talent, their wide receivers, their running back they drafted, their offensive line is good. Um, their defense has a couple of up-and-coming stars. They're drafting well. They've got a lot of capital in the draft next year. And who says Pete Carroll's going to be there for five years for rebuild? Maybe Pete Carroll, with his advanced age, has two years left of him and he wants to win a title. I think that, I don't know, will never happen just because he's not going to Seattle. He's not going to go up there and get buried in Seattle. But, like, that would be a perfect landing spot for, for, for Tom Brady. Right, right. No, I could buy that, but... They just love themselves some Geno Smith. Let Geno cook. Oh, my but, God. That's no, that makes sense. Yeah. All right, Puma, let's move on. We've got the 7-8 and eight Pittsburgh Steelers taking on the 10-5 and five Baltimore Ravens in primetime. This game got flexed into primetime, Sunday Night Football game. First question off after bat, is Lamar Jackson playing or not? Uh, um, I don't think so. I mean, last couple of last reports I saw, he was still questionable. I don't even think he really got a full session of practice in yet. Uh, personally, I'm not holding my breath. I'm going to go, I'm going to go with, uh, Snoop Huntley starting this week. Uh, that's my assumption. Uh, even though the line wouldn't say that because it's, you know, Ravens laying three points, uh, pretty much at every book that you're looking at here. Um, but I'm still expecting Snoop Huntley to start. Okay. Who got to win this game? I'm going to be the psycho that says Pittsburgh. Yeah. Like, that too, ain't I, right? <laughs> I think, I think with... You know, Kenny Pickett is starting to come along as a, as a rookie quarterback here. Uh, you know, the defense is, you know, magically come alive. Shocker when T.J. Watt is in the lineup. Um, and, you know, this is an opportunistic defense with Fitzpatrick in the secondary. 
and you're telling me like they can't figure out to how to generate a turnover off of Snoop and and bring that in for a pick six and score some points on defense. Uh, I think the Steelers can totally do it. And you know, again, I'm I'm buying into the fact that as of right now, like Mike Tomlin has not had a losing mm-hmm. season thus far. Mm-hmm. Like if they could, if he wins out the last two games. Not only does he secure a winning record again this season, but uh, you know they punch their ticket to a playoff berth potentially. So I'm going to go with the Steelers here to win the game. You know, hopefully Najee Harris kind of picks up where he yeah. left off last week. He looked good. Um, he I'm looked still good. buying into the Franco Harris thing. Like they're yeah. going to win this for Franco. They're going to win this for uh, for Tomlin. Yeah, and you make good points, man. Mm. Uh, that's the first thing I have here as notes is you know Najee Harris has looked. Much more better than what he has in like in the beginning part of the year. We were we were railing on him, Connor Bus, calling him TJ Yeldon 2.0. I'm sorry, Trent Trent Richardson 2.0, and he has really come along. Not now, obviously he's not like you know Saquon Barkley or or Derrick Henry, but he's very serviceable. He's given them some uh, ability, some stability on the offense, and like you said, Kenny Pickett is coming into his own. He's looking better and better week as weeks go on. And him and George Pickens are starting to develop a really good rapport. Like, George Pickens mm-hmm. is starting to make some serious catches every single week that are, like, eye-popping. Like, oh, my God, did he make that Did he make that catch? Uh, defense is starting to come along. And Mike Tomlin, like you said, he's never had a losing season. So, I'm leaning towards Pittsburgh here. And I'm not going to lie to you, Puma, Baltimore, like, they've kind of just, like, fallen to the wayside. Like, I haven't really thought about them much since Lamar Jackson's injury. Like, have you watched them? Are they any good? Like, what's going on with those guys? They tried, like, you know, for Snoop Hundley is not, you know, Lamar Jackson. So, like, this, obviously the offense is going to take a step back. But, you know, the defense carries them. The defense has been, you know, elite at times throughout the season. But, you know, if the key pieces like Calais Campbell is out of that defense, uh, misses a game because of injury, you know, it gets a little dicey uh, on the defensive side of the football. So, like, they're, they're treading water, uh, in my opinion. Uh, but... It's kind of like you said, like they've they've gone by the wayside, especially with how hot these Cincinnati Bengals have been that you know the last month of the season. So factor that in. they they really have been on the quieter side of things throughout the NFL right now. Yeah, if they uh, obviously um, they're probably gonna get into the, into the playoffs, but um, Baltimore versus um, you know, I'm sorry, Lamar Jackson versus Trevor Lawrence in that week one matchup as it stands right now. Yeah, sign me up for that. That'd be a fun time. Mm-hmm. All right. Last game, Puma. The Monday Night Football best game of the weekend. We've got the 12-3. and three Best bu- game of the year. Yeah, 12-3 and three Buffalo Bills taking on the 11-4 Cincinnati Bengals. Massive, massive game for the AFC implications. The Buffalo Bills are coming off a win against the Chicago Bears, um, where it was dicey for a little bit. Uh, Josh Allen made his Josh Allen boneheaded plays, and it was close for way too long, and then they finally pulled away. And Cincinnati Bengals are coming off of a beatdown of the Bengal, of the uh, the Patriots where they almost bungled it, uh, like they said back in the days. They were playing great football for the first half, 22-0, and then it all kind of unfolded. Now, I personally would like to see Buffalo Bills win here. Uh, obviously, you know, it's imperative for them to get the number one seed. Uh, obviously, you have home field through the playoffs, and they're fighting it out with Kansas City right now, who is also 12-3. and but Buffalo has the tiebreaker, so that you got to kind of keep keep treading water and get the number one seed, right? Now, here's the thing. Like, I, I think Josh Allen, 
We've said this for for weeks now, but now it's starting to really bug me. Like just how erratic and reckless he pay, plays. Like the guy, the guy simply. I'm starting. I'm starting to get to the point where I think he needs to play this reckless to be this good. You feel me? Like if he was to mm-hmm. dial back the recklessness and not throw any interceptions, he wouldn't be half the player he is. So maybe it's just something that comes with him. But he's not gonna be able to beat Kansas City or Buff or uh, or Cincinnati in the playoffs if he keeps having these like turnovers, right? So now he has five multiple turnover games, which is a most in the NFL. The team as a whole in Buffalo has 24 turnovers, which is most behind the Colts. Like that's that's not winning football. Like I've watched enough winning football with the Patriots over the dynasty years to realize if you turn the ball over that much in the regular season. You're not going to all of a sudden not stop turning it over in the playoffs. You are who you are and what got you to this point. So I'm genuinely concerned for the Bills going forward. Like like I said, every week we root for him. We like Josh Allen, good kid. We want him to take down Patrick Mahomes so bad. But the way this team is playing right now just infuriates me and in how reckless they play. Right, and he's going to have to protect the ball because, you know, I didn't realize this, but, you know, th- this has improved over the last month and in- change of the season. But... Don't look now. The Cincinnati Bengals are top three in rushing defense and top three in passing. So, like, the Bills don't have much of a rushing attack outside of Josh Allen running the football. And, you know, the passing game, like, Stephon Diggs is going to have a rough day, in my opinion. And, you know, you're probably going to see more Gabe Davis and and Dawson Knox. Like, this is going to be a very interesting matchup. And, you know, let's say... Let's say the Chiefs win uh, their matchup because I believe they're playing the one o'clock game Broncos, against yeah. the uh, the hapless Broncos. But like, you know, if they win and the Bengals, you know, the Bengals do their thing and handle business, like the the Chiefs, I believe if I do the math right, the Chiefs would now be the number one seed in the AFC. So Correct. like, yep. it, mm-hmm. it might it would definitely get interesting here. The Bills are going to have to handle their business this week, um, you know, by hook or by crook. Uh, they're they're going to have to do it and. You know, Jamar Chase. I mean, this is dude. This is just going to be such a great matchup on all fronts because rushing attack, Bengals. They love to give the ball to Joe Mixon. Uh, Bills are fourth in in rushing defense here. So, I, God, this is going to be the definition of a chess matchup. I can't wait. I'm 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 ecstatic. You leaning Buffalo or Cincinnati? <clears throat> Cincinnati, baby. They're going to get that skyline chili. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm picking the Buffalo Bills, but I don't feel confident about it. Uh, I just simply, you know, they gotta, they just, they gotta get better, man. They really do. And the, the way they they play on offense with this Josh Allen put the Superman cape on every single week. I mean, I get it; it's worked so far. But it's like you gotta have more options. You gotta have more options in the playoffs. The best teams that make it the furthest are the ones that have more than one way of beating you. And if Josh happens to have a bad game, then then what are you gonna do? You're going home at that point. So. It's too late in the right. season now. Just like we talk about the Patriots and the Buccaneers to rework your identity and be a different team. You are who you are now. I'm just really concerned. I really am. I, I, and maybe, maybe, maybe he's still hurt. Maybe that's that's the underlying factor in all of this. But my God, like we're like we're like three months after that injury, right? Wait, two months? Three months? Whatever. whatever two months. Two whatever it is, we're like we're like two months after that injury. At some point, like we can't use that as an excuse no more. Right, and a thing to also keep in mind, injury front-wise for the Cincinnati Bengals, Lyle Collins, the mm-hmm. big old free agent signing on that offensive line, is out for the rest of the season with the torn ACL, and I believe he tore his MCL as well, too. So, in theory, this defensive line for the Bills should be able to get after Joe Burrow a little bit, uh, make life uncomfortable. I would say Gregory Rousseau is potentially going to be in line for a day here, 
uh, with uh, Lyle Collins being out on the uh, offensive line. All right, all right. Um, all right, Puma, we've got the uh, best best with Puma segment. Yeah, so I didn't really like this slate this week. So the uh, the best bets with the Puma are going to be a little thin for the NFL this week. Uh, right now, so far, I got the Green Bay Packers <clears throat> uh, laying three points on uh, at home against the Minnesota Vikings. You know, the Packers have... You know they're they're kicking out at two. They, they they're potentially in line for a playoff berth if they essentially went out and then they have some help along the way. Uh, but you know, Aaron Rodgers has been airing it out a little bit. The Minnesota Vikings defense is bottom of the league right now against the pass. Uh, you know, give me uh, give me the the Packers here, especially in a potential like revenge spot because they opened up Week One and Minnesota blew the doors off the place. Uh, when the Packers had to travel up to Minnesota for that game. So laying the three points, it's juiced at minus 120. So if it's still out there and it's at minus minus 120, like I would definitely hop on it if you like the Packers at this point. Uh, I have the Giants laying five and a half points against the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, on the early look ahead, the line was Giants minus three, but with how god-awful the, the uh, Indianapolis Colts looked, Last night on Monday Night Football, that line ballooned to five and a half. Uh, I'm laying the five and a half points. Whether it's Nick Foles back there, Johnny Unitas, the, this offense is hap, you know hopeless, hapless. Jeff Saturday's way, way over his head here. Uh, Jim Irsay is, is uh, you know is looking like uh, is uh, his old man here. So I I just I I can't take any any points with the Indianapolis Colts. I'm gonna lay it with the Giants here at this point especially for them, you know, in line for a potential playoff spot. And I know I said at the beginning, you know, the Dolphins need to win and the Jets need to lose uh, against the Seattle Seahawks. But if you look at the numbers here, especially with Mike White coming back uh, to play this week for the Jets, it all signs kind of point to the Jets winning this game outright. You know, the, the defense for Seattle has come crashing back down to earth. Uh, they lost, you know, the last couple of home games the Seattle Seahawks have uh, back up at Lumen Field, whatever the hell that ballpark is now. Uh, you know, the, the, the Cinderella story of the, the Seattle Seahawks is starting to turn into a pumpkin at this point. So I'm going to use the numbers here and take the New York Jets money line to win outright. And I also have a teaser. I got the uh, Cleveland Browns. Tease them up from plus uh, two and a half to plus eight and a half against the Washington Commanders, especially with Carson Wentz playing uh, potentially. Uh, you know, Deshaun Watson seems to be getting in the groove of things at, at this point in the offense. Uh, Nick Chubb should be a full go in this game. Uh, and I also have the Dolphins teased up from plus two and a half to plus eight and a half. Uh, you want the analysis on the Dolphins Pats game? Just rewind about 30 minutes or so, and you'll get that in your, in your ears. And in that analysis, you won't uh, you won't hear me having a complete meltdown. I was gonna say we we you know th this is growth, Jay. You didn't go Chernobyl on a, <laughs> on on this on this uh, Patriots team here. It, it's growth. I'm proud of you, Puma. Like, well, at some point, like you just gotta accept fate, right? You can't just like be constantly mad at the Patriots, you know. Although I'd love to do it, but you know, it's right. uh, it's acceptance, bro. It's part of the it's part of the phase where you part of the grieving process where you just accept it, bro. Yep, yep, the five stages. Right. We are at the acceptance stage. Last thing before we head out of here. College football playoffs are this Saturday, Puma. We're not going to talk before, yep. before then. So 
give me a quick rundown of who you think is going to make it to the the big game and why you think about it because I put you on the spot here for a second. I'll just give you mine. I've got the the Michigan Wolverines taking uh, the TCU Horn Frogs to the woodshed. It's going to be a 14 to 21 point uh, blowout. Um, I've said it before. I'll say it again. Nobody wants to watch TCU in the playoffs. Nobody. Okay. So Michigan is going to have is going to have what's what we dubbed. Uh, Nick Wright has dubbed this better than a bye because obviously sometimes when you have a bye week, you can get rusty. But when when you have a a dummy a tackling dummy game like this, you can take you know TCU to the woodshed. That at that point you can still be in sync, in tune. Everything is oiled up, ready for the next game. So it's better than a bye, right? Now the other game, I'm getting emotionally ready. To watch Georgia steamroll the Buckeyes, I really am. I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm not feeling good. I'm not even gonna lie to you. Or as the weeks have gone on, you know, you've seen some of the stuff coming out about how, you know, maybe the Ohio State Buckeyes are gonna play fast and loose. They've got a second lease on life, so they're gonna take the best of this opportunity and run with it. Blah 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 blah. I'm sorry. At the end of the day, their offense is better than ours. Their defense is way better than ours, and the coaching, coaching like you know. Head-to-head matchup is not even close. Kirby Smart is a far superior coaching, um, you know, uh, is a far better coaching uh, product than uh, than uh, Ryan Day is. So I think Georgia is going to steamroll. Uh, I'm not looking forward to Saturday night. I'm going to watch it because I have to, but uh, we're looking for a Georgia versus Michigan national championship game. Logic says back Michigan here. But I'm on like the the TCU train. This defense has has been lively throughout the season. You are the only one. (laughs) They've hung tight the whole season, and uh, I'm gonna, dude. I'm gonna back the Horn Frogs. Like I I just, I, I have to, especially with how much vitriol I was backing them with the whole Alabama might jump them for the playoff. Like I have to ride that horse all the way into like you know either off the canyon or or back into the stable house you know after they beat the 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 Wolverines here but I I, I got to I got to back Max Duggan I got to back you know uh I I got to back these guys I'm going to go with the Horn Frogs here I think they're going to surprise some people potentially especially cuz like I said the defense has been you know pun intended froggy all season so I will definitely take TCU here and Jay, I'm sorry. I'm 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 with you. Like I, I think Georgia's gonna name their number here in this matchup. Yeah. Um, and, you know, for for is CJ Stroud playing? Like, have we established that yet? Yeah, he'll play, but he's gonna be a bitch anyways. <laughs> Gotta hate that guy so much. So what is so the in theory, like if he turtles up in this game, oh, right? If, like this is gonna if, be his last if, bowl. You mean when <laughs> when he hasn't he hasn't performed well in a big game ever, Puma ever. <laughs> so in theory that would affect his draft stock right they're just not no, going to care like they man, did with Sam no, Darnold nobody cares about that crap man people have already made their minds up they're going to take CJ Stroud in the top 3 to 5 pick and this dude is not going to pan out he's not it man you just, you, sometimes you can just see it I think now by now Puma I've established I'm a good judge of character when it comes to quarterback play like I, I can spot things early on with like Kyler Murray or Mac Jones, things that you can see eventually like come down the road. I had this guy pegged from like last year, bro. Like the guy is not a big time player. He's a front runner, mm-hmm. simply put. And in the NFL, you don't get to front run very often. You might get to front run at, at Ohio State eighty percent of the time because you're playing Illinois and Indiana. But the twenty percent times that he played those big boys, he turtled up, bro. Yep. Okay. You find this funny? Well, then, huh? You find you find the torture a, funny? A little bit. <laughs> More so of the fact of you of you going, when, Puma, when, not if, when. 
Yeah, I mean, seriously, like, my God, have we ever seen CJ Stroud have a big, big game? No, we haven't. Like, I mean, yeah, he had a big game nope. against Illinois. Who the fuck cares? It's Illinois, bro. Yeah, fair enough. Pain. Well, it's going to be Georgia, Horn Frogs, pain. Go Frogs. Pain, pain, pain. It sucks to be a second-class program, Puma. It really does. <laughs> so who's going to be the quarterback next year? I have no idea, bro. We're in a bad spot, man. Like, I don't want to get on a tangent right now, but I am not happy with where this organ- where this program is heading. We don't have a, a quarterback on the roster that's going to be at that elite caliber level to play, you know, good football against the, the top dogs in, in college football. Maybe Ryan Dale will go in the transfer portal and try to pluck somebody away. Um, and the problem is, though, Ohio State's not throwing on cash like I thought they would have. Like, there, there's some serious issues with talent and bringing in recruits because the NIL money at Ohio State, for some reason, is not as lucrative as I thought it was going to be. And that's kind of shocking, truthfully. So, I, I don't know, man. I really don't know what's going to happen next year. But I tell you what, though. Ryan Day, bro, you, you better do something here, man. You better do something. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can already hear the Chima family getting the uh, pitchforks and torches ready. We 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 oh. don't we don't agree on much in our, in my family, but we universally don't like Ryan Day. <laughs> like when it comes to <laughs> when it comes to Ohio State football, there's something about Ryan Day and and just this team that we we can all agree on. Like it, the Chima family is gonna be an uproar on, on Saturday night. Like it's uh oh, you know what boy. We, we blame you actually. He's a damn New Hampshireite. Is that what you guys call yourselves? A New Hampshireian? Whatever it is. I think so. Yeah. He's from fucking, what is it, Manchester? Me? No, uh, New Hampshire. Uh, Ryan Day's from Manchester, right? Ryan Day. Oh, yeah, he's from Manchester. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I know you're from Nashua, bro. Come on, man. Like, I would never I would never get that wrong. You know what I'm saying? I was like, what the, what the, okay. Merrimack, okay, okay, you know, I get it. it, bro. But, like, I blame y'all from New Hampshire for sending him our way, okay? Oh, oh, yeah, it's totally our fault. Yeah, my <laughs> bad. 1-800-R-BAD. <laughs> Uh, all right, man. Well, uh, that's all I've got. Do you want to plug it up? I, I think we're good. Let's get the hell out of Dodge. So this episode of the podcast and previous episodes of the pod can be found uh, under Pro Football Radio Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, YouTube as well, too. If you're on the YouTube page, be sure to hit the subscribe button and the little bell. You get the notification when a video is dropped in your feed. Uh, five, Please leave a five-star review. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and like I said, wherever you get your podcasts at. Uh, social media-wise, Facebook, Instagram, Pro Football Radio Podcasts, the Twitter machine, at PFR Podcasts. I'm on Twitter, Brando underscore Puma, and Jay Chima is at Jay Chima. Like, subscribe, download, share with your friends, share with your family, share with your coworker, who gives a damn. All of our social media platforms, the DMs are open. Hit us up, and we'll be happy to chat about damn near anything. So uh, one last thing before we go. Tomorrow night, we've got a decent good college football game. We've got the uh, Oregon Ducks taking on the North Carolina Tar Heels. And I really want to watch both these quarterbacks. Because Bo Nix, he's not a great, great prospect. But he's got some workable talent that I like to watch from, from time to time. And obviously the other mm-hmm. guy being uh, Drake May. I mean, obviously from, from uh, North Carolina. Dude's, dude's a stud. So it's going to be fun to watch those watch that game tomorrow night. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that as well, too. Can I kind of go... North Carolina, but if I'm betting this game, I'm probably betting the over because North Carolina can't stop anybody. So, like, they're going to have to put points on the board. But what Bo Nix is going to show up? Is it going to be Bo Nix against Georgia? Or is it going to be, you know, Bo Nix when I believe they were playing... What was the California team? Auburn? Yeah, they just went ham. 
Yeah. And then so, it was yeah, there was another team in the Pac-12 that, that that tripped him up. But did you hear about that story about Drake May getting offered five million dollars to transfer? Uh huh. Why would you not transfer? <laughs> like, because UNC backed up the Brinks truck. Did they really? They, well, plus, they well, you you have to figure like it's see. There's only so much you can you know. The the family legacy at North Carolina is only going to bring you up to two point five million dollars, right? So like, if you, logic wise, like I could justify staying using the family tradition, you know, if I'm getting offered two and a half million or less. But like, there has to like, why would you turn down five million, dude? What, like, there what, has to be that money number, coming from somewhere else. That number indicates it's big money, right? Uh, like, we're talking mm-hmm. like college blue blood, like big money. Like, I wouldn't be shocked if like Notre Dame or. The Texas A&M's or the Bama's of the world threw their money at him. And, like, I, like listen, I get it. It's a great story at North Carolina, and, and Mac Brown is a hell of a coach. But if you have, like, somebody like, like, even Ohio State, like, next year we have no quarterback on our roster. Like, you would walk in and be, like, a number one overall pick through Ohio State's program in two years. Like, I don't know why you mm-hmm. wouldn't take the money and go to a big program like that. Yeah, there's got to be something else going on at UNC. Because that doesn't make any sense. Alright, well that does it all for this week. We'll talk to you guys next week. Adios and via con Dios.